Luke chapter 5, verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let's pray. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you. Yes, my name is Steve Cooper, and it's a great privilege for me to share a message with us tonight from God's Word, and uh, great to be here. I'm sorry we weren't able to get the uh, right verses up on the screen, but uh, hopefully you heard that story from Luke chapter 5, verses uh, 12 to 16. It's not a very long passage, very simple story, so even if you didn't quite follow it, we'll kind of look at it again in my message and reflect on what God has to say to us tonight. Just before we begin that, though, I just wanted to give a quick announcement. Uh, it was mentioned before how lots of things are restarting at the moment. One of the things that's restarting in the life of our church this week is a group called the Useful Group. You might have heard of the Useful Group before. It's on Wednesday mornings. Uh, it's in the Pioneer Hall just across the courtyard here. Starts at 9.30, goes till 12. People don't have to be here for the whole of that time. They can come and go if they like. Uh, you might wonder what on earth the useful group is all about. It's open to anybody. Um, it's very relaxed. Uh, we deliberately don't have any program at all. Uh, people come along just to be useful to one another. Uh, you might like to bring a, a game to play or some activity. We have uh, table tennis set up, a couple of other games, but mainly it's just sitting around sharing stories, talking. It's usually about 12, 15 kind of people there. And just listening to each other, I think that's one of the best ways we can be useful to each other. And it's been really encouraging over the last year. It's my wife, Joy, who had a passion and vision for this ministry, for our church. And it's been great to see God using it to incorporate some people that are a bit on the outside of our church and help people to feel that they're loved and cared for and embraced by Springwood Baptist Church. Well, it's been very exciting for me this year to see our pastoral team planning to uh, look at the Gospels. I'm sure you're aware that in the mornings we're looking at the Gospel of Matthew uh, at 8.30 and the 10.30 service. And then in the afternoon and the evening at 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock, we're looking at the Gospel of Luke. One of the great things about focusing on the Gospels as a church for all of this coming year is that it helps us to focus on Jesus himself. What could be better for you and me? What could be better for our church than to focus on the Lord Jesus himself? Now, I've just seen my little gadget over here, so just hang on there for a minute while I get it, then I can work my overheads. Steve Callan knows something always goes wrong, doesn't it, Steve, with the gadgets? So that's my little, hopefully that's my one thing tonight that's going to go wrong. So tonight we're going to be focusing on Jesus, particularly with this story from the Gospel of Luke. And there's a, a picture for us to just think about Jesus hanging around with his friends in, in, uh, 
Israel and Palestine. And this incident that we're looking at tonight where Jesus meets a man who has leprosy, a, a, a terrible skin disease, it tells us a great deal about Jesus himself. But even more than just about Jesus, it tells us about our own mission. If we're followers of Jesus, what does it look like for you and me to be involved in mission with the Lord Jesus Christ? And I believe we learn a lot from this story about what that looks like. So in the incident that Luke narrates for us, starting from Luke chapter 5 and verse 12, Jesus is faced with a very challenging situation, a lot more challenging than he often has to face in the gospel accounts. So let's see what those challenges are, and let's particularly keep our eyes on Jesus and watch him as he negotiates and works his way around and responds to these challenges. Now there's a particular man who is uh, the centre of this story. It's a man who comes to Jesus pleading for healing and cleansing and this man is suffering from a terrible condition. I'd like to read to you again from Luke chapter 5 and verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, many of us know that uh, the word leprosy here is uh, a translation of a Greek word, uh, which actually means various skin diseases. It might include leprosy, as we call it today, but it might not be. But whatever this man had, it's a terrible affliction, a contagious disease affecting the skin. And it's a very extreme case. If you look there at verse 12, you see Luke says, this man was covered with leprosy. And literally, the Greek language says he was full of leprosy. Uh, often Jesus met lepers, uh, people who were struggling with a terrible skin disease. But this man is much more extreme than probably any other person that Jesus met with this affliction. According to Jewish law in Leviticus 13, a person with this kind of highly infectious disease had to live away from their family and also the village, and they had to live in a remote place, maybe in a cave, maybe out in the desert or under a tree or whatever they could find. Uh, this man's family would have been able to bring food out to him, but they had to stay well clear when he came to collect it. And yet this man that we read of here is so desperate that he comes into a town where Jesus was and he pleads to be healed and to be cleansed. Uh, notice in the picture it uh, doesn't have the man in a town, but he is actually in a town. So I think my wife who uh, selected these photos for me, that's all she could find. Uh, it's a good one because Jesus meant many lepers, but this particular man is not out in the desert like that guy, but he's in the town, even though he shouldn't have been. And even though people are probably very angry and annoyed that he's there and very anxious that he's there because he's contagious disease. Now, this man seems to recognise the power and the authority of Jesus. Notice that he falls before Jesus and he begs. He refers to Jesus in verse 12 as Lord. Now, that word might simply mean that he's calling him a respectful 
title. It's a bit like if you're in school and you're uh, addressing your teacher. I'm not sure what you're meant to call teachers these days. Uh, I remember when I was a, a student at school, it was sir or, or miss or whatever it might be, but a term of respect. Maybe that's all that this man is doing. But my own feeling here is that this man understands something a bit more than, about Jesus than just simply a person to respectfully address. I reckon that he understands in some way that Jesus represents God. Perhaps this man had heard of Simon Peter's reaction to Jesus back in chapter 5 of Luke and verse 8. You remember last week, if you were here, uh, Steve Krimmer was preaching, and it's that wonderful story of Jesus calling his first disciples. There is Jesus uh, by the Lake of Galilee preaching and teaching, and he finishes his teaching and he turns to these uh, men that he wants to call his disciples. They, they're in their fishing boats. He says, let's go out in the boat, even though it's daytime. I, I know you don't catch fish usually in the day. Let's go out and catch a haul of fish. And Peter says, come on, I, I'm a fisherman. I know all about this. Uh, you don't go in the day, mate. And Jesus says, well, just do it, please. So they do. Throw out their nets. Huge haul of fish, so much so that the boat Peter owns is starting to sink. Calls his mates, you know, James and John and the others. They come with their boat. Again, nets are full. The nets are breaking. The boats, both boats, are starting to sink. Peter is overwhelmed at what he's just witnessed. Not only that incident, but what he's learned about Jesus so far in following him. And in chapter 5, verse 8, it says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees, just like the man in the very next incident, this man with leprosy, a dreaded skin disease. And see, Simon Peter says to Jesus, go away from me, Lord, because I'm a sinful man. When Peter calls Jesus Lord, it's much more than just a term of respect like a student to a teacher. He knows that Jesus represents God. He sees his own sin. He sees the radiance and the purity and the holiness of Jesus, the perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he falls on his knees. Maybe that's what's happening to this man with the dreaded skin disease as well. Now, this man believes that Jesus has power over terrible diseases. He says in verse 12, you can make me clean, Jesus. He'd heard, I'm sure, that Jesus was healing people of various kinds of illness. Uh, chapter 4 in Luke and verse 40 is a good example. He knows that Jesus has power, but what he's not sure of is this. Does Jesus have enough compassion to look at a guy like me, a guy who is so afflicted and so bruised and so wounded and so in pain and so outside of everything, so rejected by everybody. Will Jesus have the pity and the love and the mercy that I long for him to have? And that's why this man says, if you are willing, I'm not really sure, Jesus, if you are. That's why it's beautiful to see Jesus' response. But let's just hold the picture there, hold the frame for a moment. And just ask ourselves, what will Jesus do in this situation? Think of the dilemma that he's facing. If Jesus stays near this man, Jesus will become ceremonially unclean, according to Jewish tradition. Also, Jesus runs the risk, humanly speaking, of catching the infectious disease. 
Added to that, Jesus knows that the onlookers, and there certainly would have been quite a crowd at this point, would be shocked and dismayed that Jesus remains near this man. That's why Jesus' response to this man is so incredibly startling. Verse 13, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he says. He picks up the man's very words. He said, Lord, if you are willing, Jesus says, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Yes, Jesus is powerful. Jesus has authority over disease. And he also has compassion for the brokenness and pain of this man's life. A little bit later, I just want to explore that concept of the touch of Jesus. What did that mean for Jesus? What did it mean for the man? What does it mean for us as we engage as representatives of the Lord Jesus in our broken world? But we'll come to that in a few moments' time. This man was right to recognise the authority of Jesus and the power of Jesus. So often in the Gospels we see that Jesus did exercise authority, mighty authority, over disease, just as he did over various kinds of illnesses and physical problems and demons. For example, in Luke 4, verses 40 and 41. And there you see the man cleansed. The disease is gone and he's looking pure. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of joy on his face, but there's amazement. And the joy is only just beginning. In the Gospels, we learn that Jesus is the Messiah, God's anointed royal king, the mighty ruler over sin and evil and death. And yet Jesus didn't come to use his authority selfishly. He came to serve and to give his life to deliver us from Satan's domain. Later in the service, we have the Lord's Supper before us. What an opportunity for us together tonight, if we belong to Jesus, to eat the bread and to drink the cup, to remember our Lord who used his power and authority to lay down his life for you and for me, we who are sinners. When we accept Jesus as king and trust him, we receive God's love and God's forgiveness. The Lord Jesus is our eternal king. He governs his people today. He's guarding and keeping us in the deliverance he's won for us through his death and through his resurrection. One day in the future, the Lord Jesus will return again as king, this time to finish his work, to set up his eternal kingdom, a kingdom of justice and peace and wholeness. And one final thing about the authority of Jesus. It's shown here in his command to this man. Let me read again verse 14. Then Jesus ordered him. Notice the word ordered. It's not just a polite request. It's not giving the man some options. He orders the man. Such as his authority as king. Don't tell anyone, he says, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. This man must go immediately and show himself to the priest. Local priests in all the towns and villages had a, a kind of standard procedure. 
that was laid down in Leviticus chapter 13 in our Old Testaments to give a person a clean bill of health. It was the priest's job to examine the person and declare them clean or unclean. They couldn't make them better, but they could simply declare, are they clean or unclean? Now, Jesus intends not only to cure this man, but he also intends that this man should be able to rejoin his family, his village and his community as a full and accepted member. The man must therefore go to the priest and when opportunity occurs, that is, the next time he goes to Jerusalem on pilgrimage, he must make the offering laid down in the law to show his gratitude to God in the appropriate way. Now for me personally, as I ponder this story in Luke chapter 5, what moves me the most profoundly in this story is that Jesus cares about our human condition. This man is not really sure if Jesus cares about him. Verse 12, he says, if you are willing, he doubts. But Jesus assures him that Jesus does care. So verse 13 again, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. It's so moving to read this simple but profound action of Jesus. He reaches out his hand. He touches the man. Imagine the shock and horror of Jesus' disciples and the other people who were locking on in this town. It was a deliberate action. It was simple and yet profound. And we know today from studies of psychology what powerful and long-lasting effects result from appropriate human contact. I use that word appropriately by way of emphasis. Appropriate human contact. Whether it's parents and children, brothers and sisters, lovers and spouses, friends and neighbours, all in their different ways will touch each other in a hug or a handshake or an embrace or a kiss or just simply a light touch on the arm. A good deal of communication takes place not in words but in gestures like that. To be cut off from that kind of contact is therefore almost as serious as losing one's sight or losing one's hearing. So much sheer love is conveyed by touch. Now for this poor guy, here we see him rejoicing, but think of what life was like for him before he met Jesus. Nobody had touched this man, we may suppose, for years. His body was now riddled with disease a disease that had been quite literally eating away at him for a long time. And now Jesus reached out and touched him. We can only imagine the sense of joy and awe that this brought to the leper. He was amazed at the love and grace behind the touch of Jesus. Jono, I did appreciate you selecting a song to convey that idea of the happy day, telling us a story about those people with leprosy that you knew uh, back there in India. It was a great connection and introduction to our story tonight. This man knew that Jesus' action made Jesus ceremonially unclean and liable to receive the actual disease, according to Leviticus. But typically for Jesus, his own cleanness, his own healing power 
kept him from the disease. In fact, it did far more than that. It had the opposite results. It caused this man to be instantly healed. Hallelujah. Look at the end of verse 13. Immediately, Luke says, the leprosy left him. Jesus was keen to keep the intention of the law by insisting the man be properly declared clean. This was because Jesus cared about the whole man, not just about the disease covering his body, but also his label as impure, as a kind of reject, and his separation from others. Jesus' mission includes not just bringing forgiveness for our sin through his death and resurrection, as fundamental as and important as forgiveness is, but also Jesus' mission includes care for our bodies, restoration of relationships, our re-entry into the community, our acceptance and inclusion into God's family. Maybe you tonight are feeling a bit of a desperate need in some of these areas. Maybe you identify in some way with this man with his skin disease. Obviously for you it's quite different, but in some way you feel like it's a great burden for you, a, a great issue, something that makes it really hard for you in your life. It's a time for you tonight to reflect on the power and the love of Jesus, to come to him even this evening, to receive his touch and his cleansing and his forgiveness and his pardon and his grace and his mercy for you. If you want to do that, please come and talk to one of the leaders of our church. Pastor Steve Cullen is here. I'd love to chat to you. Many people here would love to have a prayer with you and help you to reach out to Jesus and find the mercy that you need. Watching Jesus at work here, his authority and his power on the one hand, his care and compassion on the other, makes me reflect on our mission as God's people, if we're followers of Jesus. The Lord Jesus sends us into a world where people are impacted by sin and evil in all kinds of ways. Like Jesus, we're to care for the whole person, including their relationship with God, their health, their relationships with family and friends and community, school, university, college, work, whatever it might be, their participation in society. Recently, while Joy and I were in England, uh, we were there for the last couple of months of last year, we became involved in a local church in London. It's a church that our son, Andrew, is very involved in. It's a church called um, St George's Church in Tufnell Park. And up there on the screen, you can see a, a Christmas uh, thing that they use to put out in letterboxes and invite people. Uh, on the back, it has lots of activities that they had to try and reach out to the community in the Christmas season. But we felt, in those two months, incredibly welcomed by that church. We enjoyed the events for the local area in the lead up to Christmas. We were impressed by the very intentional way that this London church focused on connection with the local community, including inclusion of people who are not always accepted by society. At various church activities, we met people with mental health problems, loneliness, depression, physical limitations, social awkwardness, 
ongoing unemployment, struggles with gender and sexuality. There were new immigrants from other countries, from a variety of ethnic and cultural backgrounds. All of these people felt loved and welcomed and included in that church. And as I came home back to Australia, I, I reflected a lot. I was thinking about what does this mean for me? I need to be more like Jesus in this area, accepting those who are often rejected by our mainstream culture. Am I willing, like my master, particularly in a story like this we're thinking about tonight from Luke 5, to cross conventional boundaries in order to bring God's good news? What about us as a church? I, I'd like to do my bit in helping our church at Springwood Baptist to be a community of acceptance, a community of love in action to those who are vulnerable, those on the fringes. One more thing I'd like to draw our attention to as I finish to notice in Luke's account. Luke concludes the story by once more drawing our attention to Jesus' source of strength to serve. And I deliberately use the word once more here because it's about Jesus' prayer life. And this is one of the big themes in Luke's gospel that marks Luke out quite different from the other three gospels. Jesus practicing prayer, Jesus teaching others about how to pray. It's very, very big, strong theme and emphasis in the Gospel of Luke. But let me read these verses, Luke 5, verses 15 and 16. Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more, so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Typical of Jesus. Jesus used to slip away from the crowd somewhere where he could be alone and there to pray. And even if we, if we just begin to do the same, we may discover that we're enabled and challenged to find ways of bringing the same love in action to those who need it. Circumstances for us today are so different from the times of Jesus. But there are plenty of people in today's world who need the touch of Jesus, either a physical touch or a practical equivalent. And they are waiting for us, waiting for you, waiting for me to provide it. Would you join with me as we pray to God? Father God, thank you for sending the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ to make it possible for us to experience your love and your forgiveness. As we ponder the way that Jesus related to this man, we're reminded of what it looks like to be in partnership with you in mission. We're to tell people the good news about Jesus. We invite them to trust Jesus and enter a right relationship with God. We also show your love for the whole person, caring about their health and their relationships with family and community and your people. Show us, Lord, what it means this year for each of us personally and for our church to extend the touch of Jesus to those who are lost and suffering. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.